Hi folks and welcome to season two of Book Around. Today we are heading over to Australia to look at Australia's favourite novel, Cloud Street by Tim Winton. I'm excited, let's get into it. Hello there friends and welcome to season two. I hope everybody is well uh, or as well as can be wherever you are listening from today. So, as I mentioned, today we're heading back to Australia and we're going to have a look at Cloud Street by Tim Winton. Before I do, um, I had a look at the, uh, what do you call them, the, the optics, I guess, for um, for Book Around from season one. I think I mentioned this on the wrap-up. I was interested, with this being a podcast about world literature, I was interested to know where people are listening from. And I was quite surprised, pleasantly surprised. So less than half of my audience comes from the UK and the US, which I kind of figured was going to be a large market. Um, and then it's kind of spread almost proportionately accurately uh, around various different countries. But off the top of my head, I've got listeners in Bolivia, Saudi Arabia, um, Australia. I've got family in Australia, so I'm guessing that's them. Um, New Zealand, uh, Russia turkey um a lot lots of lots of different countries zambia south africa nigeria india um just just a really good spread across the globe i was really happy to uh, to see that so um yeah please uh, keep listening thank you for listening if, if you are from one of those countries i appreciate that i'm able to reach across the globe and hopefully produce something that you enjoy um if you uh have any friends that you think would like the podcast please as always please share and um and spread the good word so now that the shameless plug is is over let's get into it so a little bit of a history of of me with australia on this podcast uh obviously last season i did um picnic at hanging rock which i did not give a good review to because i just didn't really like it i didn't think it was a very good book i thought it was a bit boring a bit dated bloody bloody blah and that was a shame because I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Australia, uh, probably because I have family there, and I, I thought I, I need to I need to redeem this. I need to get a good Australian book and get that on the podcast. So the most obvious one that sprung to mind after a, a short Google search was was Cloud Street by Tim Winton. Uh, it seems to be uh, very well respected. I, I've seen it referred to as Australia's favourite novel. Whether that's true or not, unsure. But let's get into what it's about. I'll tell you a little bit about what it's about, and then I'll get into my thoughts afterwards. So, this is essentially a very heartfelt family drama about two families, the Lamb family and the Pickles family, um, who end up sharing a big house, Cloud Street, uh, set in Perth. And it runs from the 1940s, so the back end of World War II, through to the 1960s, and I think it ends in the mid-60s, if I remember rightly, about 64, 65, something like that, around the time my mum and dad were being born. Um, so it's a kind of a historical novel, a little bit of a slice-of-life novel, and gives you a flavour, I guess, of what Australia was like at that time, but it gives you so much more than that. I posted, you might have seen, I posted on the, on the um, Instagram page that this is the first novel I've ever read were it's so clever that I was jealous of the author um so I write a little bit in my spare time and I have stories that I'm trying to get published and very often when I read a novel I always think oh I can write as well as that you know this is one where I thought wow 
I couldn't do that. That's amazing. It's about 450 pages, something like that. So it's a relatively chunky book. Um, and it just flows so perfectly. And there's so many different spinning plates. All these different characters get their own storylines. Um, to start, we, we meet at the start of the book. Um, well, the, the, the actual intro of the book is this amazingly esoteric kind of couple of pages where it describes this um, really idyllic looking family picnic on the pier with pelicans flying over and then we get this really strange sort of disembodied spiritual um, retelling of, of somebody's suicide but it's it's framed in a, in a way that is um, it's it you'd have to read it to believe it really it, it's all it, it's such an artistic and, and clever introduction um it sets the mood and it and it intrigues you because you really want to know what's going on. And obviously you do learn um, what is going on with that. The, when the book starts in earnest, we meet Sam Pickles, who's kind of the patriarch of the Pickles family. He's out working on some uh, military station out at sea and he has an accident where he loses his fingers. So he gets discharged and comes home and that's how the story kind of starts. So his... Um, wife Dolly is a bit of a nymphomaniac and a bit of an alcoholic so that, that's her battles that she's fighting they have a daughter Rose who ends up becoming kind of the de facto mum of the family because Dolly is a bit useless during the time she's growing up and there's a couple of brothers in the Pickles family as well Chubb and I can't remember the other one they are mainly comic relief characters because they're just fat lazy lads um, and then we go over and we meet the Lamb family uh, we meet them during the time, uh, sort of a, a time of great tragedy for them. They're out on a fishing trip. Uh, Lester Lamb is the dad. Oriole Lamb is the mum. Uh, the two lads are Fish and Quick, the, the nicknames, obviously. And then they have the girls, Red and Lon. Um, when they are out on the boat, Fish falls in um, and, and drowns and, and is unconscious, you know, presumed dead. But they manage to pull him back. They sort of, uh, you know, resuscitate him. Uh, but when he comes back, he he has a quite severe brain damage. But, and this is a huge spoiler, so please close your ears for about 20 seconds. We find out that Fish kind of experiences some disembodiment where his spirit comes out of him. And it's his spirit narrating the book with a high degree of intelligence that it's frustrating for him as someone with brain damage. He can't articulate that while he's alive in the story, but now in the afterlife he can tell us all his thoughts and feelings spoiler over i won't go back to that now but i've revealed the identity of the kind of mysterious narrator there if it isn't obvious to you when you read the book um you know that it's there for you um so that happens and then anyway ultimately the two families both end up falling on hard times and moving and they both end up sharing this big house cloud street um on the one half the lambs open up a little general store that does really well. And on the other half, the pickles live. And Sam gets a job and he tries to get by wheeling and dealing, having a punt on the horses and things like that. And then that's really the format of the of the whole book. It just takes us through 20 years of the lives. But in that, there is so much going on. We have um We have a magic pig. Okay? So there is a storyline where the lamb family are planning on slaughtering one of the farm pigs for Christmas. And then Fish, who is the lad who got brain damage from falling in the river, 
he believes that he can communicate with this pig and that it can talk and he convinces the dad Lester that it can speak in tongues that the lamb family are sort of semi-religious and, and he, he believes in that so they keep the pig around for good luck and decide not to slaughter it and that's a really nice storyline it, it taps into this um magical realism which is something that i need to read more of so i'm, I'm told that this is kind of what magical realism is um were rather than it being an outright fantasy like harry potter it's done in a subtle way where it could go either way so it's possible to believe that quick has uh, that fish has some ability to commune with this pig and speak to it on a spiritual way because of the nature of the story but it's equally possible to just think that this is um, a brain damaged lad with with a mentally younger age not wanting the pig to get hurt and, and it being his friend whatever way you look at it it, it's, it works well as a story and there's more things like that in the book so there's there's hints of a ghost story in the book um, but again it's not over there's no ghost jumping out and shouting boo um, there is a mysterious uh, aboriginal man who appears at key plot moments to mainly to quick um, and gives him random bits of guidance here and there but again it's not done in this hammy way where he's a spirit guide for instance one of the times quick sees him um quick one of quick storylines as he grows older as he's like trying to find his way and get different jobs and he, he's out in the um sort of scrublands i think they call it or the bushlands um hunting kangaroos because he gets money for that and he picks up this aboriginal guy because he, he's hitchhiking he's dressed in a suit and he says oh i'm going to cloud street which obviously is really strange but it all the whole thing is that this aboriginal guy's guiding him back home but it's done in such a clever way and such a subtle way that you, you really have to look at it but what i'm trying to explain here i guess quite badly <laughs> but every character gets their own storyline and every character has a trope that is somewhat stereotypical but is not handled in a stereotypical way um sam pickles is a gambling addict but a lovable rogue but again it's done in an original way dolly is an infomaniac and is um uh, an alcoholic again it's it's handled with care and originality and it's not hammy uh rose obviously becomes sort of the de facto mum of the family she also develops an eating disorder i think anorexia and and obviously is very troubled by that but again that's not that's played in a very tender and, and a very thoughtful way and she's not made a martyr or a victim of it just shows her struggle in a very real earnest way and i, I like that kind of writing because the those are all storylines that could potentially be done for cheap character building effect and none of them are lester is a bumbling kind of older guy who struggles with his faith oriel is is a very regimented authoritarian kind of conservative woman who wants everything run in ship shape and bristol fashion quick and fish have a great dynamic obviously fish is um integral to the plot and, and you'll know why if you listen to the spoiler but a lot of the plot centers on him even though obviously he's brain damaged and doesn't do very much technically in the plot he spends a lot of time in the house tapping out on the piano you'll see why when you read the book but quick um experiences this kind of epiphany where he becomes really hung up on all the sadness in the world and he tries to do something about it i guess so he ends up becoming a police officer at a time when australia had uh, the netherlands monster who was a 
prolific serial killer in Australia. So the Netherlands monster is a big storyline in this book as well. So you've got everything. You've got magic pigs. You've got serial killers. You've got really um, kind of realistic uh, storylines to do with, with addiction and, and kind of self-neglect. And all of this just wrapped up in this big mass of humanity. Um, it's buffeted by the best intro I think has ever been written. Um, and, and an equally good ending. There's so much symbolism in there. It's so very, very clever. Um, and the kicker of, of all of this is it's written in kind of dialectal Australian. So you get slang in there like chayakin and things like that, which means like messing about and having fun, at, I think. Um, please don't shout at me if you're from Australia and I, I got that wrong. Um, but, you know, Australian slang that people know, like Drongo and stuff like that. But it, it's all in this very sort of uh australian dialect and it's crass at times with swearing and things like that so even though it's very clever it never becomes pretentious it never tries to write in this very eloquent or verbose kind of way at times the description is poetic and beautiful at times it's very earthy and crass and it always fits the mood um it's just a masterful bit of work from from tim winton i was very impressed by this as soon as i finished this book i went back and got um one of Tim Winton's other books, his first book actually, which is called An Open Swimmer. Um, interesting bit of, of author trivia, I guess something I learned about him that I thought was interesting. So Tim Winton became famous as an author at a very young age. He did his, uh, a creative writing course at university, like that. I guess that's what his degree was in. And his um, the, the Open Swimmer book, that was like, he wrote that book while he was on that course and became published so at the age of like 21 which is absolutely incredible um and and obviously it's it's a real achievement and he's written a lot of good books since then and, and books that i'll certainly be going checking out but this is my first dip into his work uh and i was blown away by it can't recommend it highly enough i don't even think you have to ha have a certain genre in mind because it's got everything in there it has um it's predominantly a drama at its heart, I guess, but it has heavy spiritual elements in there. It has horror kind of elements. It has gripping thriller moments. It's funny. It's really funny throughout. There were a lot of times I was laughing out loud. I don't think I touched on that, but the kind of earthy, realistic kind of Australian laddie humour that comes through at times is, is great. And it, it never becomes too overbearing or too offensive. All of the characters are just beautifully painted, um, beautifully brought to life as people you would want to meet, even for all their flaws and their faults. These are just good-hearted family people are just trying to make their way in life. And ultimately, it's it's a bittersweet story in places, but it's at times realistic and sort of at the same time transcendental and esoteric it's it's a wild combination of a novel uh i can't recommend it enough it's got everything going on in there i also read that this was a required text at high school in australia which i don't know if that's true or if it was a parody that i was reading uh, but it, it's too much for high school students the content is way too mature there's a lot of overt sexual language in there and also, it's just too long. I just don't think high school kids would stick with that. I wouldn't have when I was 14, 15, whatever it would be. Um, so I don't know if that's true or not. 
But if it is true, in a way I'm kind of jealous because I wish I'd read this book sooner than I did. Uh, whether I would have been prepared to enjoy it back then is another question. But I'm waffling now and I'm conscious that I'm waffling. Next week we are going over to Germany. Um, but the story we are covering is not in any way anything to do with Germany. It's completely other side of the world story. Um, it's a classic. It was on this 100 books you should read before you die uh, chart that Nisha got me as a Christmas present I've been scratching off. So I, I got it and I was like, oh great, I can include it on the podcast, Two Birds, One Stone. So you might have some ideas what that book is, you might not. But um, yeah, that's everything from me. So I'm going to throw over to myself doing the outro. But until next week, I hope you have enjoyed the podcast and stay safe, stay happy, keep your chin up. See you next week. If you've enjoyed this edition of Book Around, please consider following me on Facebook and Instagram at Book Around Podcast or on Twitter at Book Around Pod. Uh, please share, tell your friends. Oh, feel free to drop me a line by email, uh, which is bookaround at outlook.com if you have any feedback or any suggestions for future episodes. I would love to hear from you. Until next time, stay safe and keep on booking around.